Good morning and welcome to the Action Hour. I'm Dave Lakin and I'm a business coach with Action Coach Business Coaching in Huntsville, Alabama. Each week we talk with small businesses and the organizations who work with them. We talk about real strategies business owners can start using today to start moving their business to the next level. And today we're in the studio with Samantha Brinkley from Rocket City HR. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for coming out this morning. I know it's uh, early on a Monday morning, but uh, that's what we want to do. We want to uh, to get in early and uh, try and give business owners something that they can work on throughout the week. Uh, but first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and what you do and how you got there and give us your story. Sure thing. I found at Rocket City HR in 2011. I started out as a personnel officer in the Air Force, and that was about 20 years ago. And I learned over time that I love human resources. I didn't know what it was. I got my first set of orders and said, personnel, okay. And by the time I got out, I realized that they had made a really wise decision. And it was very well suited to me. And I decided to start doing that. So ever since then, I've done human resources. Um, so when did you leave the Air Force? I got out of the Air Force in 1999. And went to? Went to the Sacramento Police Department. Was there for five and a half years. Took some time off and had my boys, and I uh, uh, just had landed my dream job in Sacramento. Uh, I was there for eight months. Uh, this was about six years ago, six and a half years ago. And my husband goes, guess what? We're moving. So been in Huntsville ever since. To Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, we actually live in Madison, but uh, we, we do call Huntsville home. Sure. Um, so what is your business? Uh, we It's Rocket City HR. We do HR consulting. We basically try to help out small businesses and medium-sized businesses with their HR needs. So we find that larger companies that can afford a full-time HR person have the HR support that they need, but smaller companies still have that need, but they typically don't have anyone doing it. So the reality is somebody is doing it, but they probably aren't trained in HR. So it's typically the owner or the office manager. Um, it, sometimes it's an admin person. It's just somebody trying to handle the HR and not necessarily being up on all of the regulations and all the employment laws that, that pertain to it. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of small businesses out there that are, you know, half a dozen people and sometimes even less in the business. How do they, how do they know when it's time to call you? Uh, sometimes they are uh, smart and they try to do it ahead of time because they realize they're going to run into issues down the road. So we have clients that are just brand new starting out and they have us come in and make sure they have all their processes in place, their forms or policies or procedures. Other times we get called when they just realize that there's HR is just taking up too much of their time. You have a business owner that's spending, you know, even 10 or 20 percent of their time doing HR stuff that takes away from them doing the things that they could be doing that they know best how to do. So they just they give us a call. We help them out. Sometimes we get a call if they realize that they've made a number of bad hiring um, decisions and they have us come in and help clean that up. So that's one area where we can help out with as well. Mm -hmm. Do you do what kind of training do you do for them? Uh, you know, if they want to do the majority of it on their own, um, do you know? Do you provide training in the business on you know how to do good hiring and things like that? We do have all kinds of training, uh, ranging from how to write an employee handbook. Uh, we have one coming up um, in the near future on how to hire, uh, how to train managers on. HR employment issues. So if you have a manager out there and they don't know what they're doing, uh, they can get you in more trouble than anything because they're making the day-to-day -day decisions that will impact them. Uh, we can do training on sexual harassment prevention, uh, anything HR related, uh, and how to do selection and hiring interviews, 
anything around HR, a lot of times uh, we have one one that's called um, top 10 HR mistakes that employees make. Uh, so that's a big one because we do find those same mistakes being made over and over again by small companies that don't really know what sort of HR things that they need to be looking out for. Uh, we also have one that's called hire with confidence, fire without fear. That one focuses more on the important things to do, first of all, when you're hiring, making sure you have a good person to start with, but also if you do run into issues, what types of things they need to do to document so that if they separate somebody that there's no liability for them and to reduce their unemployment compensation um, costs. Um, One of the things I usually tell business owners to do in in their business is to very early on establish that mission, vision, core value statement um, ethical code of conduct in particular, especially in our town where we do so much government contracting here, um, but also setting up the employee handbook and uh, so that you can properly onboard new employees and tell them what your business is all about and what your vision is like and and uh, you know what they can expect by working here and uh, do you recommend that they you know they do that on their own or uh, with some kind of HR guidance or I find that it's better if they have some sort of HR guidance on it. We've had companies that have just borrowed one from another company or grabbed something off the Internet. And that's okay as a starting point, but they need to actually make sure they're customizing it to themselves. So if they have a handbook that doesn't really match their policies and their procedures, they can get into more trouble with that. Because if they fire an employee and if they have more than 15 employees and they could be sued under EEOC claims, then they're going to have issues if those things don't match up. So it's important to make sure that their handbook really fits their business and that it's consistent with their practices. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have some guidance that I usually give business owners, but I want to hear your side of it. What do you feel like is the typical onboarding process, or do you recommend like a probationary period? I don't really recommend a probationary period in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, really, those t- tend to be more linked towards benefits mm-hmm. um, because a probationary period, really, we're in at-will state. So you can fire anyone at any time for any reason. Right. So I really think every day is your probationary period. Okay. Well, uh, we'll be back in a few minutes, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about top 10 mistakes. That sound good? Sounds great. All right. We'll be back. All right, welcome back. I'm Dave Lakin, and in the studio we have Samantha Brinkley from Rocket City HR. Um, before we go into uh, common mistakes that business owners make, can you tell us, you know, what what can somebody expect uh, from a, from an HR consultant when they when they hire out? There's a lot of different areas where human resources consultants can help small companies and medium sized companies. They can help with recruiting and selection, do background checks and drug screening. Payroll is something that can be outsourced. Uh, even benefits review and implementation. A lot of companies may not realize that the benefits they have are kind of the same ones they've had for a long time. Sort of like us with our car insurance, you get one and you just keep it in place for a while. You may not realize that there's different strategies and different um, um, tools out there and different types of um, um, programs that you can use to actually reduce your cost and sometimes even give the employee a better benefit for the same or less price. So that's one thing that we like to work with benefit brokers and companies and make sure that they're not wasting some of their dollars that they could be using elsewhere. Uh, We also do employee training and development, which we talked about before. We can write an employee handbook for the company. 
And another thing we like to do is come in in the beginning. We'll do an HR compliance audit, make sure that all of their files are set up as they need to be. We find that a lot of times we get in there and everything's just in one folder. If that's the case, you probably need to have an HR audit and make sure your files are set up correctly. So if the government does come in and audit them, that they will be correct. Um, this includes your I-9 documents and E-Verify. We go in and make sure that everyone that needs to be E-Verified is E-Verified. Everyone that was hired after April 1st of 2012 should be E-Verified. If they haven't been, you can be getting fined for that. So we need to make sure we get that corrected. Uh, so those are some of the ways that we can help out. Um, so what are, the, what are the things that you do within a business that will save them money? You know, because they're always, they're always going to concentrate mm -hmm. on, well, you know, this is just going to cost me more money to bring in a consultant to do this stuff. But really, some of the things that save the money in the long run. So what are those kinds of things? Well, one of the things is the hiring and the recruiting. Obviously, if we have more expertise in hiring and recruiting and selection, we're able to find candidates. Everybody knows that turnover costs a lot of money. It costs not just in the recruiting process itself, but also in the time for if you have somebody that's not there anymore, you have somebody else that's doing extra work, you have things that aren't getting done, customers that aren't getting taken care of. So anytime you can make a good hire, even if it takes you a little bit longer in the beginning, is generally well worth it in the long run uh, because you're gonna have somebody good, somebody that's trained, somebody that actually fits what that job is and is able to do it and hit the ground running. Uh, so that's one area where we can save money. Uh, as we already talked about, benefits is an area we can come in and look at what, they, what they're offering and try to find some other ways to offer similar or better benefits at a less cost. Uh, also, we can help out with compliance issues. Like we said, there's a lot of, you have the Department of Labor, FMLA, if they have over 50 employees. Uh, you have the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, the Age Discrimination Employment Act. So there's a lot of different areas where companies may not know that they um, are, are, can be audited by federal um, regulators. Uh, we actually do one, one class, it's called Swimming with the Sharks, and it's tips for dealing with HR regulators. So each of those areas, including OSHA, FMLA, Department of Labor, IRS, we can help them in those areas to make sure that if they get audited, that they're not going to get fined, that they're going to be compliant and not have any major issues or findings because it really just takes one person that is misclassi misclassified as either uh, they're classified as an hourly, as an exempt person and they should be hourly um, and that can get the DOL and the IRS involved uh, or sometimes where they will have somebody as an independent contractor that really should be an employee. So we can take a look at that person at their duties and decide if they're classified correctly. So if they can find those corrections on their own and fix them instead of having somebody file a complaint and having uh, the DOL or the IRS come knock on their door, it's going to save them a lot of money. What's the, uh, what's the threshold there for independent contractor versus an, an employee? Because a lot of people say, I just hire a buddy as, you know, 1099, then I don't have to worry about it. Well, there, a lot of people think it's still the 20-factor test. Uh, they had this old test, the IRS had this 20-factor. And some people can still find that on the Internet, and they'll go by that. They're not using that anymore. It's really more of, of, of a few factors having to do with the scope of employment, um, having to do with the amount of supervision, and, and also the type of work that's being done. So let's say you own a shoe store and uh, you're gonna hire your shoe salesmen as independent contractors. Well, you kind of can't do that because what you're in the business of doing is selling shoes. So you really can't uh, have an independent contractor doing what the main function of your business is. And a lot of times we see things like that. Um, so 
if you are providing the tools for somebody uh, to do their job, let's say you have somebody that's an independent contractor and maybe they're doing your sales, but you're giving them a computer, you're requiring them to come to meetings and uh, you're giving them your business cards with your logo on it. Well, I hate to tell you, but they're an employee, not an independent contractor. Right. So, so those are some of the criteria. Hmm. Um, so let's see, we've got a couple more minutes. You want to go into, um, into common mistakes? Sure, we can do that. So we find that there are some mistakes that get made over and over again with independent uh, with uh, employers, and we call them the top ten HR mistakes. And I am trying to find my notes on that. <laughs> Keep going. Well, um, okay. Let me go. The first one okay. is um, is everybody assumes that since Alabama is an at will employment state, that you can fire anyone at any time for any reason. And that is true. However, you can also get sued if you fire somebody that's in a protected class and you're right. covered by that law. Okay. Well, um, that's just a little uh, nugget for the rest of them. And we'll be back in a minute and we'll talk about the rest of the list. Welcome back. I'm Dave Lakin with Action Coach Business Coaching, and we have in the studio Samantha Brinkley from Rocket City HR, and uh, we're talking about top 10 most common mistakes that employers make uh, in their HR environment in their business. Well, so. we've already covered number one, which was assuming that since Alabama is an at-will employment state, that you can fire anyone at any time for any reason. Um, and certainly they can, but there might be consequences if they fire somebody and the reason is um, discriminatory, and they're covered under discrimination laws. And also, the, there's the issue of unemployment insurance. So you can fire anyone at any time, but if you don't have documentation to show that there was um, some um, some trail leading up to that termination that the employee was aware of, and unless it was extremely gross misconduct, they typically want there to be uh, at least one incident that's documented that the employee is aware of, and then the next incident would be the straw that broke the camel's back, and that would be why they're being terminated. So if you fail to provide that sort of documentation, your company will be liable for unemployment um, insurance um, for that person. So um, it, it's a pool of money. It doesn't come directly out of, you, you pay a certain amount of taxes for the unemployment insurance, uh, unemployment compensation insurance. And if somebody files a claim, that's what's going to trigger your experience rating. So every year they go in and they look at how many claims you've had and the amount of those claims, and that will base your experience rating. So if you have somebody you let go that was highly compensated and they stay on unemployment insurance a long time, that's going to drive your rate up for the next year. And it's not gonna just drive it up for one employee, that's gonna be across the board. So you can go from a 2.8% to an 8% um, unemployment compensation tax, and that is gonna be for all of your employees. So that is big money. So, so you talked like about how do we save money? <laughs> just like any other kind of insurance, if you abuse your insurance, your rates will go up. Exactly, so that's why they say, you know, be slow to, slow to hire, quick to fire, because really when they look at unemployment compensation, they look back, at the first four of the last five quarters. So you pretty much have that one quarter, that 90 days, um, you know, like you talked about a probationary period, but you typically have that time period, you know, to really figure out if they're gonna work out. And if you have the first inkling that is not gonna work out, it is better to get rid of them um, than to keep them. Because honestly, people are gonna do their best in the beginning. And if you're already having issues early on, it's only gonna get worse. I hate to say it, but it's true. 
Uh, so that's one thing um, where we try to help out companies is to help them realize that, you know, anytime they do a decision or, or do an action against an employee, they really need to have some files. They need to back it up with paper. They need to have some sort of a disciplinary system and process in place. Uh, and I could probably go off on that for a few minutes about why I don't like progressive discipline policies, especially for small businesses, because it really ties the business owner's hands. It it basically says you can be, you know, let's say you have a policy that says you're allowed three tardies and then you're fired. Well, you're going to have people that, that know that and they work that. And... Um, one of my employees actually works part-time at a retail place, and they have they have a set policy where there's a certain amount of no-shows and a certain amount of tardies and things, and, and, it, and it resets after a certain amount of time. And she'll have people that come in, and they know exactly where they are, or they'll say, all right, can I be late today? And then they know once that they, they reach, reach that certain date that the clock starts all over again. So you have people that are chronically late and having issues that if you didn't have a policy like that, you could let them go a lot sooner. So I really think it, it depends on the individual situation, and it depends on you can have a person that is great at their work, and they have a family issue that you're aware of, and maybe they have a, a small time where they're having some issues, and maybe you could, under that policy, fire them. But they've been with your company for 30 years, and you know that this is a one-time, one-off thing. Versus if you have somebody who's brand new, and they're late the first three days that they're on the job, and they're not even performing that well, I think those are two totally different situations. So I prefer to let the owners um, of the businesses and the managers have a little more flexibility in those decisions. So we kind of have a menu, you know, starting with a verbal going on up to written and a reprimand and then a suspension. But at any time, they can jump to any of those and, and do what they feel is appropriate. But if you set policies and guidelines within your business um, for discipline and you're not following them, can't, you, can't the employee hold that against you, in a, you know, if they get fired? Well, that's why I don't believe in having a progressive discipline. Like I said, we in our handbooks, we have, here's the menu, here's all the options that can happen. But, and there's, and a lot of our handbook, um, and we teach it in our, our class about how to write handbooks. You need to make things loose enough that you may do this, you may do that, you may divert from this, that generally you will follow these, but at any time you can do it in any order, um, depending on the severity of the situation. So you always let management have that last right of making that decision. So, so I think that way, if you have one person that is late three days in a row and somebody else is late three days in a row, you don't have to do the same exact thing if the circumstances are different. Yes, I do believe you need to be consistent up to a certain point, but you do have to recognize all of the factors being involved. And if you have somebody brand new, it's their first week on the job versus someone that's been there for three years, I think those are two different situations. So I like to give them flexibility that they can do what they deem is appropriate. During the break, you mentioned about um, protected statuses. Or protected categories. Can you talk about that for a minute? Okay. So under the EEOC, uh, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, it's actually a law um, that, that uh, through the Department of Labor, and it protects categories such as sex, race, um, um, ethnicity, religion, um, and then once you get to 20, um, you add in uh, disability and age discrimination. So there's, depending on the size of the employer, depends on how many of these uh, laws that you're going to be covered by. So um, the Americans with Disabilities Act um, kick, kicks in at 15 employees. But the ones that we talked about is the Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. So it's, it's race, color, religion, sex, national origin, and pregnancy. These, these are the areas that are protected. Once, and then also at 15, you have Americans with Disabilities Act. 
And then once you're up to 20 employees or more, Age Discrimination and Employment Act kicks in. So if you fire somebody or take any sort of adverse action, which can be not just firing, it can be um, demoting somebody, it can be um, disciplining somebody, it can have to do with not providing somebody the same uh, training opportunities. So if you do any of those things based on those reasons, or really, in other words, if you can't prove that the reason wasn't for that, then you can be sued under those um, for, for, that, for discrimination based on those grounds. What about, um, you know, there's been a lot in the news, you know, this year, really, uh, about gender preference and things like that. How does that impact all this? Uh, that's interesting that you mentioned that. We did a, uh, one of my students, uh, uh, Mary Buckwright, she's at Auburn University. She's our um, marketing uh, girl, and she is phenomenal. She wrote an article about, you know, what, how these changes will affect you as an employer. And so what the Department of Labor um, is deciding to do is take that word sex discrimination and they're applying sexual orientation and gender identity to that. So even though they're not rewriting it, it's now going to be covered under those statutes. So even though you don't, your policy doesn't say you're not discriminating on those things, you are still covered. So you are not allowed to um, discriminate based on those at a federal level. So if you have 15 or more employees, you're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of sexual orient- orientation or gender identity now. So they're just offering a clarification of the statute that, that uh, kind of broadens the scope of it? Exactly. Interesting. Um, okay. So What's back next? to the top 10 mistakes? Sure. Okay. Um, so we've already talked a little bit. Number two is ineffective recruiting, screening, and selection techniques. Uh, so a lot of times what I see happen is that the managers will sit down with somebody and they will, you know, interview somebody and if they have a really good conversation they feel really good about them they think they're a great person they're going to hire them so and really the the problem is that they're missing the the key parts i mean you can get along great with somebody um face to face but it's really can they do the job and so if they if you haven't designed interview questions based on a job description a lot of companies don't have a written job description some barely have a posting um, available you really need to focus on what are the duties we need to write interview questions that get at, can they do those duties, and, and, and have some sort of a way to evaluate them objectively. So we have a rating sheet. If we interview 10 people, we will rate them all in all the categories that we think are important based on that job description. At the end of that, you should objectively and subjectively be able to figure out who's the best candidate for the job. And it may not be the person that you got along best with. Hmm. In terms of um, you know the background checks and things, you mentioned that you do some of that um, as an HR consultant. That's one of the services that you provide is uh, drug and background checks. Is that right? Yes, we can do those as well. Um, one of the things that uh, I heard recently was uh, the impact that Facebook has had and people's Facebook accounts and profile has had on the hiring process. Um, how do you feel like that should uh, should weigh in on people's hiring decisions? I personally don't believe in checking them, but we do have clients that are fewer than 15 employees and they, you know, they will check them on their own. We just feel like it's, it's kind of, it's a little gray. Uh, and the larger you get as a company, the more likely you're going to be to be able to be sued for doing that. So we just tend to stay away from that area. Okay. Well, uh, we have uh, a few minutes left. Uh, we're going to go take a break. And then we're going to come back and uh, let's talk about the, the top things that people should be looking out for in their business this week. All right, we'll be back.
All right. Welcome back. Okay, Samantha. So uh, hopefully we have scared some business owners out there (laughs) and uh, got them a little bit concerned about what their practices are with relation to HR. So if they wanted to kind of do a a self-check and see where they're at, what do you recommend? Well, I recommend if they go on our website to www.rocketcityhr.com, we have the top 10 HR mistakes that employers make. If they take a look at that and they think that they've made made a few of those mistakes, they might want to give us a call and we can do a free consultation with them. Okay, because we're going to capture this on podcast and it's going to go on a few different places on the internet, uh, iTunes and SoundCloud and Podbean, uh, and of course it'll be on my website. Um, So are these relatively... um, you know, applicable across the country? Oh, yeah. They, they, I mean, all of these things are, um, with the exception of the E-Verify, which is an Alabama requirement. Some mm-hmm. states don't have that as a requirement. Um, all federal government contractors do have to E-Verify their employees. But Alabama, and, and there are, I mean, there are several states. I mean, we're, we're in the majority of states now that require E-Verify, but there are some that don't. So uh, with, with that being the exception, everything else does pertain across the board. Uh, we've talked about... Um, well, at-will employment, not every state is an at-will employment state. Um, the majority are, but, but there are some states where that might be different. But in any case, you still need to make sure that if you're, you're taking any sort of adverse action on an employee or either not hiring an employee or taking adverse action or firing an employee, that, um, that you need to be documenting the reasons for doing that. So one of the issues we had with one of my clients was they were doing a layoff, and um, they... They, they gave me the list of the people they were going to let go, and they were all over 40, and they were large enough to be protected um, under that under that category um, to be covered by the Age Discrimination Employment Act. And so that kind of raised a red flag. So if a company is looking at doing a layoff or, or, or separating people um, for, for some reasons, they need to make sure that there's a reason why. So we went through the personnel files, and I made sure that everybody they were letting go, that there was some sort of discipline or their valuations weren't as high as others. We just tried to make sure that there was some valid reason for letting those people go other than um, what could appear to be just based on their, their age. Okay, so check your website for the top 10 HR mistakes and common reasons for outsourcing human resources. That sounds good. Outstanding. Okay, when we come back, then we'll talk about one more thing that's been in the news recently, and uh, and then we'll, we'll see what kind of current events are coming up. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, Samantha, we're back. Um, hopefully, we've convinced business owners to go check out your website uh, and, and see if they're making any mistakes out there. Uh, let's talk about current events. What do you have coming up? Well, we're going to be conducting a Lunch and Learn session in partnership with the law firm of Mustando and Artrip on October 22nd. It's going to be titled HR Essentials for Managers. Terry Mustando is their employment attorney. She's going to be talking about HR laws uh, that all managers and supervisors need to know about because again they're the front line they're dealing with the employees day in and day out they're the ones that if they don't know this they're going to make a mistake and it's going to cost the company some money Um, then rocket city hr will talk about effective supervision techniques uh, employee recognition and motivation and how to hire and screen for for new employees for your company Okay, and uh, you recently moved for people who knew who used to think they knew how to find you? <laughs> yeah, it was tricky finding us before. Uh, we have just moved down the road. We are now at 3776 Sullivan Street. 
Sweet G in Madison. We're in the Ben Porter Real Estate Building, and it's the West Dublin Office Center, and we are right in the middle. Just go up the stairs, and we're on the right. Okay. Uh, we mentioned during the break, and I, I got to know what your answer is on it. How has Ashley Madison changed the HR environment at work? I really don't think it's changed the environment at work, but I think it's made people realize that there's more of an issue there than they had previously thought. Most employers, if they have a handbook, already have a policy that you're not allowed to use uh, work computers to do things that you shouldn't be doing. Mainly, it should be work-related. Most employers will allow you to email your spouse and talk on the phone briefly, you know, for child care arrangements and things like that. But the things that were happening um, using government and business uh, computers was was clearly not legal. And uh, those people were not very bright since they were using their work email addresses to sign up for those accounts. Right. So there should be no assumption of privacy in your email or your desk or, absolutely you know, none. on your and employer's property. No, no. And in fact, one of my recent clients had an issue where an employee had maybe released some confidential information using their computer and that was confiscated and looked at. So, you know, if, if you're doing anything at work, you cannot assume that there's privacy, especially if it's their computer and their servers, their email, even if it's your private email and it's on your work computer, they have a right to search that. So you need to be very careful. All very good information. So why don't you tell folks how to find you on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Internet, how do we find you? Okay, we are at www.rocketcityhr.com. We are on Facebook, Rocket City HR, uh, LinkedIn, um, Samantha Brinkley under Rocket City HR. And uh, we do have a Twitter feed. I believe it's Rocket City HR as well. <laughs> so it's a recurring theme. Uh, and if you want to get to the uh, the Action Hour, you can find it on actioncoach.com slash Dave Lakin. Or you can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Podbean. And uh, we hope that you go out and check out the the, the uh, podcast. And you can find me on Facebook at Dave Lake and Business Coach. And, uh, of course, you can email at um, actioncoach.com, uh, Dave Lakin at actioncoach.com. Uh, next week, uh, we will be back and... Uh, uh, we're really looking for feedback from the listeners. So if you can go to the Facebook page and give us your feedback, ask us your questions, and uh, and we'll be looking for those and try and get those answered on air. We really, um, we really are uh, um, eager to hear what kind of feedback is out there. And what are your questions with regard to uh, running and owning a small business? What are the struggles that you have? And... Um, uh, how can we help from from here on air? What kind of guests would you like to see? And uh, and uh, what kind of resources can we help plug you into? Uh, we will be back um, same time next week, Monday morning from 8 to 9, and we'll see you then.